0: The humans are at a disadvantage because we grow up and live in what I describe as a soup of toxic exposures. Mm. And I think if there's a way that people can remove one or two or three of these things that could potentially hurt them, they're going to be better off in the long run.
1: Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience.
1: And today, Joe is interviewing Dr. Joe Newsmer. Dr. Newsma is the fearless CEO chief toxicologist at Superior Toxicology and Wellness, an international scientific consulting firm that he founded. For the past 30 years, Dr. Joe has been active in toxicology research. He's been able to improve water quality and remove carcinogens from treated water. He has assisted private clients to review their medical records and help them to eliminate unnecessary prescription drugs from their profile. As a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for Vitro Biopharma, Dr. Joe helped market stem cell related products for diabetes research to scientific, pharmaceutical and ultimately medical markets. With the overwhelming options for better health, we are often left confused and with more questions than answers. Dr. Newsma provides solutions to our medical questions, giving us back the power of our own health. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Joe Newsma of Superior Toxicology
2: and Wellness. Welcome, Dr. Joe. Thanks for joining me.
0: I uh, appreciate the invitation to be here, Joe. I'm happy to, to talk about what we have planned.
2: Lovely. So, start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Sure.
0: Well, uh, I physically sit about 20 minutes north of Denver in Colorado in the Mm -hmm. Front Range, so 300 days of sunshine a year and uh, no heat, humidity, or insects, so it's a perfect place to live. Um, I have a PhD in toxicology, and I have 30 years experience in human exposure to drugs, to chemicals, and to microbials. And I have worked in the chemical industry for Dow Chemical, in uh, academics at uh, the University of Colorado School of Pharmacy, and in industry for uh, Novartis Generics when it was uh, Sando. Mm -hmm. And I have had my own toxicology practice for about 15 years now. And basically, my mantra is to find new ways to solve old solutions so that's how I look at everything in life.
2: Lovely. And so when I normally have people on the, the show, I then sort of start to delve into how did you get to do what you do? But I think, you know, you've, um, you've explained um, where your business, current business has, has come from in terms of your experience. And I think um, the, the real focus for us today uh, is one of my five fundamentals, which is the thing about self-care. And I guess also we're recording this in... September 2021 and obviously we're still at the the height of uh well depending on which country you're in <laughs> the height <laughs> of the, the pandemic i was talking to a a, a student yesterday in australia and uh, it feels like they're about 15 months behind us in terms of their lockdown and yet their figures are still you know really low compared to what they are in the uk and uh, uh, you know you're in a similar position to us i guess so uh, so i'm sure we're going to touch on that today as well um well- as you know we're we're talking Predominantly to coaches and consultants, and um, you know, for me, it's so important to 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 have the energy to operate your business, and 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 to do that, you need to you know look after yourself, and uh, and so that's what I think um, we're going to focus on today. Um, but the one question i do ask everyone is what you know why you do what you do so uh, again i say to people you know when you left school did you want to do what you're doing now and i don't know that toxicology is something that you'd probably even know the word <laughs> when you were at school but
0: right now well, that's actually a, a fascinating question joe and it's it's certainly worth spending a few minutes on
1: and you know
0: what do you want to be when you grow up is you know i you know my dad was a an oral surgeon and, and so i followed him around the clinic and i always thought that uh that it would be um, my path to go into um, medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went to undergraduate school and, and did pre-med biology and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, then I got a job in my last couple years of college at Dow Chemical, and I started hanging out with a bunch of PhDs. And my mindset was to go to medical school, and these PhDs are saying, well, you know, think about graduate school, too. So, you know, in the late 80s, I, I took the MCAT the medical college admission test and I applied to eight med schools and two graduate programs. And gosh, I got into two graduate programs. So Mm -hmm. off to grad school, I go. And, you know, I I was in Michigan where it's gray from November to April. And Mm -hmm. I went to Colorado for grad school where you could see the sun all winter long. And I'm like, why would anyone ever leave this place? So after graduate school, I interviewed for one job and I got that job. So I skipped the postdoc and started doing um, industrial toxicology for a pharmaceutical company. And basically, my focus was employee safety. You know, it was my job to set the amount of these drug products that the employees could be exposed to while they're making the tablets and capsules so that there wasn't any increased risk of adverse effects. And that really had an effect on me because it opened my eyes to the things that people take for granted in this world have price tags that most people don't realize. Like somebody could come to work and be asked to do something at work that could affect their physical capabilities after they're done working for the rest of their life. And it was this profound epiphany, Joe, that made me realize that that really drugs aren't the answer. Mm -hmm. I've made a living in the pharmaceutical industry mostly always in the safety flavor if you will mm-hmm. but uh, I knew from the get-go that Americans and it might be it might be the same in other places and this is a great talk because we get that international perspective Americans take way too many drugs Americans get they, they eat poorly they get fat they get lazy and they expect a pill to bring them all the way back to the starting line. Mm -hmm. And they depend on that in what I call Western medicine. And it's just so horrible to see the devastating effects that pharmaceuticals have on people's lives. And people don't realize it happens because it sneaks up on them. And they start taking these drug products. and, And American doctors aren't interested in curing anything. They like long-term customers. Mm. They like those for the rest of your life types of drugs. And that's just the the overwhelming perspective in this country. And being in the industry and seeing the effects that these drug products can have on somebody occupationally, made me realize that uh, the humans are at a disadvantage because we grow up and live in what I describe as a soup of toxic exposures. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's a way that people can remove one or two or three of these things that could potentially hurt them, they're going to be better off in the long run. Mm-hmm. And people have to be aware of the things that could potentially hurt them things in the air, things in the water, things in the food, physical dangers, you know, everything there. And manage their day-to-day existence to minimize this toxic exposure so that they have the best chance of living a long and healthy life. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, totally, totally. And it's 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 a bit of a perfect storm interviewing you today, actually, because I've had
1: yeah.
2: a, few, a few conversations recently um, that sort of fit in with this. So I literally... couple of hours ago I was talking to somebody about um my story of how to live more where that came from and I I was explaining to her that I had a seizure in 2011 and uh, I went and had it all you know checked out and they said they thought I had epilepsy and wanted to put me on medication and I said I've checked it out too and I think it's probably sleep stress what I'm eating and what I'm drinking can we like wait six months and see what happens Hopefully you
0: never got on that drug. Um,
2: I didn't. I've never had another seizure either because I changed my life and I changed my business as a result and all that sort of thing. And, you know, that for me is a good example of, you know, how yeah. it could have been easy for me to just take the drugs. But to be fair, I, I'm, I don't even take paracetamol if I can help it.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome. That is absolutely awesome. You know, very few people that you run into that that go a natural route first for every different malady. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so easy to say, okay, doc, write me a prescription. I don't have time yeah. to, to make any changes. It, exactly, it's just the, the, exactly. the diabetes e- epidemic is evidence of that, you yes. know, I mean, but that's, that's fantastic yeah. for you. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then I was talking to a friend a few days ago who has, um, is having some problems with inflammation of his um, feet and he mm-hmm. went to the doctor and the doctor prescribed him anti-inflammatories and he, he began taking them and then. Um, realized that firstly, it was upsetting his stomach, which wasn't helping, and then started to do some investigation and had a conversation with me. And we were talking about, you know, all the things you can do. And things mm-hmm. you know, the food you can eat to help yep. to reduce inflammation in your body and right. you know not take the the anti-inflammatory so you know that's a little um ongoing conversation that we're having um
0: i, I have a story close to home to that exact yeah. thing you know i'm i'm 53 years old and and like i said uh, i give very simple advice for waking up you know guys that wake up and and gals i guess that wake up at 50 years old look in the mirror and say who is that fat guy looking back at me <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. since that time i'm, I'm down over 20 pounds. But, you know, I went to the doc about some hip pain and the guy's saying, well, you've worn out your hip joint and, you know, you can do anti-inflammatories or you can do a steroid injection. And ultimately we're looking at a hip replacement. And, you know, I that struck a chord with me. And I'm like, now, wait a second, there's got to be something I can do. So now I'm 20, 20 pounds down. And, you know, I took the anti-inflammatory. He gave me a drug called meloxicam. And I took that for about a week and a half, two weeks before I thought, that it was messing with my peripheral vision and, you know, it's just, you get that blur and cloud on the side. And, and I looked into the drug and sure enough, there's, there is visual effects and I just stopped that cold Turkey and guess what? My vision got better.
2: Yeah. Yes. And
0: it's just those types of side effects. So since then, I've started taking, you know, I've started taking a carbon 60 product that that uh, since carbon 60 is one of the best anti-inflammatories on the face of the earth, you can Google it. There's thousands of them out there. The one I like is C60 complete from uh, live longer labs, but I'm taking that and it's controlling the inflammation in my hip and everywhere else in my body. So like you said, the the drugs for anti-inflammatory isn't always the best answer. Drugs, in particular, mm. isn't mm. always the best answer. I don't I think it's rarely the best answer.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's coming from a guy that's made a living in the pharma industry. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> so. <laughs> so,
2: so what? What? I mean, this is now a, a massive topic of a big question you know what should people be doing what can people be doing um you talked about you know the environment that we're in and and you know I always think to myself oh you know if you eat properly and you you know drink the right things then you've got to worry about too much plastic and then you've got to worry yes. about cleaning materials and then there's you know it's like it's never ending when you think about that but you know let's let's, <laughs> let's try and touch on a few of those things I sure, think people bo- need to do differently
0: the bottom line is you got to check your sources Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? You got to check your source of water. You got to check your source of food. You got to check your force of air. And uh, let's just start with water. You know, uh, everybody lives hopefully in, a, in a, an apartment or I guess in the UK, they call them a flat and uh, they turn on the faucet, spigot or whatever, and out comes water. And it's a safe assumption that what comes out of that is, is good to drink and it'll be healthy for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all based on the source of the water. Yeah. It's all based on the efficiency of the treatment system in each municipality. And in the United States, that's really a hodgepodge of different techniques that happen. And I would say the tap water is a good baseline, but there still needs to be further end-user treatment. Obviously, if resources aren't an issue, somebody on their house can put in a reverse osmosis system, you're good to go. You're not getting any type of contaminants or toxins in your water. Who can afford that? And then maybe a a whole house carbon filter or a five-stage filter or something like that. Who can afford that? Because then you remove the things like the chlorine and the fluoride and any heavy metals and any other total dissolved solids, the organics that have effects over time at low doses, even from showering or bathing or, you know, washing your hands or, or any of that type of contact. And people have asked me, well, what can somebody with very few resources actually do to improve their water quality? Well, the best thing to do is get on Amazon or Walmart or Target or whatever the the utility store is in the area and find yourself a zero water filter. It is a pitcher, that you put in the fridge and you dump tap water in the top and it goes through a five stage filter that removes all that nastiness. It removes the heavy metals, removes fluoride, removes chlorine, and it removes all of the organics. And this particular brand, the Zero Water Filter, sends a total dissolved solids meter with every pitcher that they sell and you test in the beginning. And then over time you test that tap water again, coming through that filter. And then, you know, when to replace that filter, it costs, you know, anywhere from 25 to $35, but that gets you good, pure water very inexpensively. You realize what water is supposed to taste like again, and it helps you drink more in mm-hmm. America. You know, 90% of the population is chronically dehydrated right. and that that affects your physiology and health and overall wellness more than most people realize because being dehydrated, it changes your digestion, it changes your absorption, it changes your sleep patterns. And I mean, even being dehydrated can make people cranky and mm-hmm. who wants to hang out with cranky people? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just, I mean, very easy, simple thing. Go get a zero water filter, throw it in your fridge and, and really make a difference in what you drink. Because then when you're drinking more water, you're cutting down on those sugared beverages that everybody leans on. Yeah. And sugar, Joe, as, as you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir and probably most of your audience. Sugar is evil. Yeah. Sugar will absolutely destroy the human body. The human body is not designed for the quantity and continuous dose of sugar that we get in today's world. Yeah. It it never was, and it hasn't adapted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. up to the individual to realize that and, you know, put a regulatory gate on the amount of sugar that goes in that hole in the middle of people's faces. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just, it's terrible, but sugar is, I mean, it just, it messes with your hormones. It messes with your digestion. It messes with your, your saity complex, you know, how your body tells you you've had enough to eat. And the fact of the matter is the more sugar people consume, the more your body wants. Yes. And that leads to obesity and that leads to diabetes and that leads to vascular disease and heart disease and all of these chronic conditions that sneak up on people Mm -hmm. and you you go I mean there's an oxidative stress component to it and there's a hormonal component to it and the hormones are changed and driven and affected so much by sugar that most people don't realize it
2: yes yeah that's interesting yeah you'll be glad to hear I don't generally eat sugar
0: and you know know, the the other problem is it's, it's it's almost as hard as smoking to quit Yes. Yeah. You know I mean yeah. it, it, I would rank it right up there with things like methamphetamine. It's addictive. Yeah. I mean you you walk in the supermarket and and you're looking for healthy snacks which in America they tell you to shop the perimeter. You know the what? perimeter is where your whole foods are your your fruits and vegetables and and uh the stuff that that's really better for you and then in the middle of those aisles are where all the processed stuff is that's chock full of chemicals and colorings and preservatives and mm-hmm. and that, that if you get too much of that stuff, your diet quality goes down exponentially, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. exponentially.
0: Yeah, so.
2: absolutely. I was talking to someone about that the other day and saying how, um, you know, if you're somebody who cooks from scratch generally, then you're so, you know, so far ahead of, of people who don't um, just because you know what you're putting into your food. And a lot of the um, pre-packaged goods has just, have got just stuff in that you wouldn't even expect half the time, don't they?
0: That's true absolutely mm-hmm. and if, if you're not a label reader you should become one
2: yes yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because just looking at, at uh, and the other the other caveat to being a label reader is, is you really need to know how many calories you need on a regular everyday basis mm-hmm. because if you plan what you eat and eat what you plan, you're gonna give your body the best chance to do what it's designed to do, which is you know coexist with natural whole foods, mostly raw you know fruits and vegetables and and uh, in America and you can tell me if it's the same in the UK, people usually eat about four times more than they need to get by <laughs> yeah. And what my simple advice for nutrition, I mean, it's very, very simplistic. Joe, is it's one phrase: it's eat half, <laughs> and and mostly yeah. plants,
2: uh-huh.
0: and you'll be okay.
2: And what about um the concept of intermittent fasting? I think that's something that that you recommend as well.
0: Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. You know, intermittent fasting. Gets back to the roots of humanity, because in the beginning humans were you know hunter gatherers before they learned how to grow uh, grow food and and have a, a better constant supply. But we're not designed for three square meals a day. That came about as the industrial revolution was looking to optimize the labor force mm-hmm. and keeping people working instead of you know sitting around eating. And because the human body is made for grazing. That intermittent fasting fits better into that paradigm and when people will eat dinner whenever they do and then push off breakfast the next day for as long as they can and get anywhere from a 12 to 16, 17, 18 hours of a fast, that resets the body's ability to handle those uh, nutrient input loads, the sugar loads, and that helps with insulin sensitivity and it makes your hormones work better. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: So that's one of the main benefits of intermittent fasting is resetting how your hormones work in your body. And then there's other benefits too. You know, you get you get uh, reduced body fat, and you get uh, uh, you know, it's it's a decreased diabetes risks. There's blood pressure effects that really help modulate blood pressure, and overall, intermittent fasting decreases the inflammation in the body and mm. so many pathologies are based in inflammation that if you can do anything to decrease that inflammation, you're going to be better off.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: And that's, I mean, that's why I think that intermittent fasting is actually very good because it can help even, I mean, just, you know, I, I say it with fondness because I found myself in that group, even the fattest lady laziest laziest people that are around can benefit by just starting that intermittent fast, mm-hmm. you know, knock out, knock out the little snacks after you eat dinner yeah. and push off breakfast the next day. And then, it, it, mm-hmm. and if you can, you know, walk around the block, take the dog dog around the block a couple of times before you have breakfast. And it just helps so much more than people realize. Yeah. And you yeah. couple that with better water Two very simple changes can yeah. make huge significant success in allowing people to take back the control of their health and wellness and Mm -hmm. that's not a bunch of supplements and that's not a bunch of anti-inflammatories that's something that everybody on the planet can do right now Mm Joe
2: so a bit of a challenging question for you. you you twice I think at least mentioned that that you were in the category of of um overweight
0: <laughs> fat, fat um, and lazy <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and you know and you've known a lot of this stuff for a long time um what what changed for you? yeah what changed for you and you know what insight do you have for people because you know exactly that we a lot of us know what we should be doing but we don't do sure. it and we know well, you know sometimes I- things like because you say sugar addiction mm-hmm. and things like that that, that oh yeah you know, having an impact as well, but you know, what, what sort of tips have you got for people who? Well,
0: who let me tell know. you how I ended up there. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: You know, and I was, I was strolling along as an independent practitioner and, and I got an opportunity that I really could not turn down. You know, I was offered a, a CEO job of a, uh, basically it was a think tank an alternative um uh, ideas company and I took it and I worked that for from 2000 gosh what was it uh, 2008 to 2014 so what's that about six years mm-hmm. and I became a victim of my success you know you're in the office early you're in the office late as somebody always wants to talk to you so you know you're eating big breakfast you're eating big lunch and and you don't get any exercise and you're exhausted by the time you get home And six years of that, Added thirty pounds on my frame, yeah. And I had uh, it was a very successful company. We we applied for and, and got, and we applied for thirty five patents, and we were awarded twenty three of them when I left. We landed a multi million dollar venture capitalist, and um, uh, long story short, the venture capitalist came in and isolated two out of three of the founders, and the third founder was not me. Uh, signed everything over to the venture capitalist. And uh, basically I chalk it up to business experience and somebody stole it all from me. And when I get kicked out with, uh, (laughs) you know, I don't have to go to work anymore. I look in the mirror, I'm twice the size as I used to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, four times as stressed as I used to be. And I'm like, oh my God. That's when I started back on my journey to wellness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the mistake that I made, Joe, Mm -hmm. Is that I lost my identity and I lost my values and I lost my priorities because of success. Was I making great money? Oh, absolutely. But is it worth it? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's the internal reflection that I look back on and I'm like, why did I do that?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's just one of those. Yeah, great. It's 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 a great line on my resume and I could absolutely go after those kinds of jobs again. But I was already in the bottom of that hole. And my yeah. rule, when I find myself in a hole, you know, is the mm-hmm. first thing you do is you stop digging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go back and you reevaluate what's important to you. What's most important? And, you know, I'm still suffering the effects of that six years on that job because, you know, I used to play men's adult league ice hockey and I stopped that and I haven't been able to get back yet. And now my hip hurts, but I'm trying to get around that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at at pictures from 10 and 15 years ago and I'm like, God, I want that guy back. That's the drive to getting back to where I was. And it's just, yeah. it took me 10 years to get here. I'm not going to get back in 30 days.
2: No,
0: no. And I've stopped the. I used to be hooked on Red Bull. You ever heard of that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I used Coke to get off a of Red Bull. And then I used flavored water. You know, it's the the bubbly brand. And, and um, the other one I like the best is the aha. It's a green tea drink, but there's very few calories and you still get a little bit of caffeine from the green tea, but I, I rarely drink Coke and I rarely drink Red Bull if ever. And I think I eat maybe a third of what I used to eat Mm. and I'm seeing some difference. You know, I've turned the corners and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm walking the dog and this summer, I put 55 miles in the pool, one mile at a time. Yeah. And it's it's just those baby steps that come back because you can't do it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then, until it's important to you, the change isn't going to happen.
2: No. As you if, say, it's that sort of prioritizing, but also that, that thing when you're, you know, in a high powered job or in a, in a um running you know running your business and you know trying to get something off the ground or whatever it's so easy to to let all of that stuff go and, it is. and you know find yourself in in that situation and you know that my my epilepsy story is a a similar one you know I was working too hard I wasn't looking after myself and all that sort of stuff and, and that needed that sort of change well you'd be pleased to know I went back to netball yesterday for the first time in a good few years I had to take I did have to take paracetamol in the middle of the night though because I couldn't sleep <laughs> I was in too much pain <laughs>
0: That's, that's fabulous though. I mean, that's, that's the first step and, and it's yeah. just, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. you get back to the, you, you look at what you used to do and enjoy and have so much fun at, and then yeah. it's like, why haven't I done that in so long? And, and you look at, oh my God, I've been working for 10 years.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Sorry> that. <laughs> it, 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 and that's, you know, your audience of, of life coaches, they're going to come up against this problem. Mm-hmm. Again yeah. and again and again. And, you know, it's easy to suggest massive change. And all that does is, is it promotes failure. Mm, mm, mm. You know, you need, to, you need to fix one thing. I say yeah. take baby steps. yeah, And yeah. make that a habit. And then move on to the next one. Mm. And you celebrate the small changes. And, you know, it's like getting off a Red Bull, then getting off a Coke, and then getting on water. And, you know, a driving force behind that was... My son, yeah, he's a, he's a high level athlete. He's playing ice hockey. He's in his second year of juniors. He's in New Hampshire, you know, so he's thousands of miles away, but, uh, but he's the one that every time I grab something bad, a Coke or something, you know, he takes take it out of my hand and says, dad, drink water, dad, drink mm-hmm. water. You know, I grab a Gatorade. He's like, no, that's got too much sugar. Dad, drink water yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. you know now it's back to the the most important thing is not getting on a treadmill or a bike or something is especially the 50 somethings and above you need weight training resistance yeah. training cuz that gives you lean muscle mass which controls metabolism and puts the human body back in its optimal Uh, zone for making everything work together. And, you know, my goal right now is to boost the number of pull-ups I can do between now and Christmas when my son comes home. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of cool because, you know, I grew up playing football and swimming and baseball all throughout, uh, you know, elementary, secondary school and everything. And I played six years of of semi-pro baseball before I started playing men's league ice hockey. So, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. That's a double-edged sword because you're used to the physical activity, you're used to the weight training regimens, but you also wear out your body. Yes. and now here I am 53 years old I let myself get a little bit heavier than I should have been okay a lot a bit heavier than I should have been and then you're wearing out these joints that already have miles on them even faster Yes. so yes. it's it, you got to really evaluate what you can do how you can do it and how often you can do it and then you got to stick to it and that's mm-hmm. the key is you gotta stick to it
2: yes yeah yeah exactly I'm currently looking at the bag of uh, what they called resistance bands that I bought a few months ago that are still set in my office that I haven't opened yet.
0: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can see some on my shelf, no more than five feet away from me. When, when I bought those, I had huge plans because I could take them with me traveling and, yeah. and use them in hotels. And yes. yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Those 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 in my bag have been to Scotland and back with me this summer. I had them for the whole two months in my caravan, never once got them out.
0: <laughs> you gotta blow the dust off of them and use them once in a while.
2: See, I mean even
0: even the best of us that talk a big story have the same hang ups and the same problems with inertia. Yes. Yeah. You know? I mean it's just somebody's gotta kick us in the butt and let us know that that uh, hey, it's important that you get healthy and stay on this rock.
2: Yeah absolutely absolutely
0: (laughs) it's it's easy to die it's hard work to stay healthy and live as long as you can it's that simple yeah
2: yeah exactly (laughs) well and also that whole it might be perhaps um, not as hard to live um a long time, but it's to live well a long time. You don't really want to be that person who can't do anything for the rest of your life, do you? <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. That's actually a very good modification to that statement. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and it's just it's 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 all about the the space between your ears. The most important six inches is the six inches between your ears. Yeah. Because if you're not right in your mind, nothing else is gonna pull into line.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and it's, it's just, it, you know, I, the, the overall trend, and I'm going to get a little sciencey on people here, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because we live in that toxic soup of exposure, we're cellular beings. Okay, you look at a human and it looks like one big blob, but actually we're billions of little isolated blobs. And we're all made up of cells. And this happy cells make happy tissues, happy tissues make happy organs, happy organs make happy systems, happy systems make happy humans. And you go back down to that cellular level, every single cell has a bucket of defense mechanisms to battle all of this stuff that attacks your cells and tries to kill it. Mm -hmm. And the poster child for that is glutathione everybody has heard of glutathione glutathione's in the news right now with the vaccines and the spike protein and the inflammation reaction and all that kind of stuff and the glutathione is what has to last uh, longer than the insults that are trying to damage the cells and then everything's hunky-dory as soon as glutathione there's other ones but you know for the most part as soon as glutathione runs out that's when these chemical assaults or physical assaults you know it could be radiation or whatever that's when they start hitting dna RNA, enzymes, proteins, cellular membranes and poking holes and stuff. And -hmm. then when there's enough holes that the cell can't live anymore, the cell dies. And when enough cells die, a tissue dies. When enough tissues die, organs die. And when the organs die, that signals danger for the host. And it's all based on cellular defense mechanisms that every single thing we're exposed to, Mm -hmm. whether it's heavy metal in water or constituents in the air we breathe because we live in a city as opposed to a rural setting, or processed chemicals in the foods we eat, or electromagnetic radiation, or any number of different things. If we're on 14 different drug products, some of those drug products could also deplete those cellular reserves. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how long that bucket of defenses last versus what stuff people are exposed to. And it's a whole picture approach. You can't just say that person's going to die because they're smoking. No, well, it's going to contribute, but it could be that they're smoking and they eat poorly and they don't get any sleep and they're dehydrated and they're on 10 different medications. It's not just smoking that's killing them. It's everything there. Mm -hmm. So the whole picture approach is how do you take care of your cellular defense mechanisms? And it's what we've talked about. It's good living. It's getting good rest. It's staying hydrated. It's eating healthy, whole foods, lots of fruits and vegetables. And it's just eliminating where you can eliminate, get better water, get better air. And get off of your drug products. I help people with that actually. And, you know, a lot of people wake up and find out, oh my God, why am I on eight different drugs? Well, you get on one from one doctor, two from another doctor, three from a different doctor, and the three doctors don't know what you're on. And so I have a program called HOPE, Health Optimization Prescription Evaluation. And people can get that from my website, superiortoxicology.com. You click on the button for evaluating these drug products. And I take a deep dive into the person's drug history and profile, look at why they're on it, why they need to be on it, if they need to be on it, and all the effects of it by filling out a questionnaire in great detail. and then I come up with a strategy and questions for you to take back to your physician to basically have them prove to you that you still need to be on these pharmaceutical products. Yeah. Because getting off a lot of these drugs is one of the first and best steps people can take to take back their own control of their mm-hmm. health and wellness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The physicians don't have time to do that for their patients. And yeah. I take the time to do that. And it's it's uh Every single analysis that I've done for people, I've found duplicate therapies or I've found major drug interactions and really serious issues that they need to bring back to their physicians.
1: You know, I think
0: the worst case there was five different categories where somebody was on multiple drugs to do the same thing. This poor person was on 14 pharmaceutical products and twenty-one supplements.
2: Wow. Just surprised they had time to do anything else.
0: Or eat anything that wasn't in tablet or capsule form. Yes,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> nightmare, nightmare. So, yeah. our time's gone really quickly. I've got um, my two final questions to ask you. um Firstly, what, what do you do on those days where it all goes horribly wrong?
0: well um, sometimes a a nice cold beer helps sometimes it's a burden night and sometimes it's just a single malt scotch night (laughs) but um, actually uh, one of the things that I've felt helps me a lot is I have a five month old puppy in my household Yeah, and just taking that dog up and giving it a big hug helps get through those days where nothing seems to be going right
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. And um, the last one, on those days where you get to live more, so that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do they look like for you?
0: Oh, um, I love to travel. You know, I I own a timeshare in Grand Cayman that I'm just sick to death that I haven't been able to go to. I'm a scuba diver. And I love to get diving in in the morning when my wife sleeps in. And then when the dive boat comes back and we have lunch and then I join her at the swimming pool all afternoon. And if we can't do that, then we love to travel to go see our son play hockey. And so, travel and the leisure activities that are associated with travel and uh, you know I love a good meal just like the rest of them that's how I got how I am and you just got to realize you can't eat the whole thing you know mm-hmm. the wife and I like to split them now and again but <laughs> traveling and the accoutrements thereof are what you'll find me doing on the days when I'm not doing what I have to do
2: brilliant brilliant lovely thank you Dr. Day thanks for time today tell people remind people how they can get in touch with you
0: People can find me through my website, superiortoxicology.com. It's S-U-P-E-R-I-O-R-T-O-X-I-C-O-L-O-G-Y.com. There's a contact form on that. Hit that and I'll answer your emails. I'll answer your questions and uh, we'll take it from there.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for your time. You bet. Attention home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power To Live More Calm Membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power To Live More Calm Membership Programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com get getcalm
2: information is available in the show notes if you go to the app that you're listening to this on or you can go to the website at powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 233. And this week I want to talk to you about positive thinking and mindset. We talked at the gold call on Monday about such things and uh, I have a list of 14 tips to help you to cultivate a positive attitude that I will share with you. So number one, do not complain. Complaining is a very negative response to any situation that drains you of energy. Two, express gratitude every day, even for the small things. Eventually, you'll become grateful for everything. Three, keep a list of things you have accomplished. Four, let go of the people around you who are negative, critical and abusive of you. They drain your energy. Instead, surround yourself with supportive, positive people. Help others. Volunteer occasionally. Learn to meditate daily. Even a 10-minute meditation first thing in the morning will help you start your day on a positive thought. Let go of envy. Envy is a very negative emotion. It eats at you, pointing to the faults we see in ourselves. Number eight is be kind and smile at others. Choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice. When a negative thought enters your mind, push it out quickly. Substitute a happy thought. Ten, have faith in yourself. Believe the universe will help you. Read inspiring stories and watch inspirational movies or television shows. Repeat inspiring and motivating affirmations. Practice mastering your thoughts, and access your subconscious mind. And 14, visualize what you want to happen. Release the thoughts that you don't want to happen. So cultivating a positive outlook does take some thought, some conscious thought. Be aware of those thoughts and the attitudes of those around you and, um, once you're aware of some of that negativity and you practice some of those things that I've just shared with you, you'll be able to con- counteract those negative thoughts and, and situations in your environment more easily. So, those are my top tips to cultivate a positive attitude. The show notes for this week's show are at proudtolivemore.com forward slash two, three, three, and we look forward to speaking to you next week.
1: Use your power to live more.